Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. Hi everyone, this is Charlie Gilkey from Productive Flourishing, and across from me I have Jonathan Fields from jonathanfields.com. He's the author of two books, Career Renegade and his latest, Uncertainty, which I think is a must-read for creatives and entrepreneurs out there trying to make change in the world. He's also the founder and host of The Good Life Project, which I'll have him talk a little bit about. I'm super excited to have him here today. It's going to be a fun conversation. We're sitting right across from each other. I'm actually in his home office in, we're in the Bronx, right? Yes. We're in the Bronx. So, hi, Jonathan. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for inviting me into my home office so that I can have this conversation <laughs> with you. All right. As always, these conversations are just going to be fun, off the cuff, talking about what it means to make change out there in the world. So, you know, I'm really excited about your newest project, which is the Good Life Project. So tell us a little bit about the show um, and, and other things related to the Good Life Project. Yeah, so the Good Life Project essentially didn't exist a little more than a year ago, and uh, I was writing what was then my annual review, which turned into a 40-page annual report, and at, at some point while writing that, this um, these 10 commandments of how I like to do business kind of channeled through me in a couple of seconds. I put it out into the world, and there was a really strong response to it, and it really started to make me think that there needs to be something built around this. And what I looked back, I looked back, and I said, okay, what do people... What have people come to me for over the last dozen years or so? And invariably, it was some some combination of strategy, both business and life, um, accountability and support. And then the final piece was community. Um, and one of the things that I've done in the businesses that I built is I have built businesses that build community, um, both brick and mortar, you know, live on the ground and online. And I wonder what it would look like to, to build uh, a new venture around the quest to inspire, to educate, and support, and build community for mission-driven individuals, and businesses, and artists, and entrepreneurs, and world shakers. And that launched this new venture. And uh, so it's, you know, it's essentially a venture with two arms. There's a media arm, which uh, right now produces a web show, a podcast is uh, about to roll out, and a whole bunch of other things, and the education arm, which uh, our current flagship offering is a 10-month uh, training program. And over the next 12 to 24 months, we'll be rolling out a series of other educational initiatives also. Okay, so just as a full disclaimer, I'm one of the faculty on the Good Life Project Immersion, so I know a lot about the program and I really believe in it. Um, I, will, I would believe in it if I weren't a member of faculty. It just so happens that I am a member of that. And so, you know, one of the things we've talked about is the types of businesses that we're helping people create. Mm. And, you know, there's a conversation in our space around lifestyle business, which... Mm. Both of us kind of have some hesitation to say, like, yeah. we're helping people. <laughs> I'm lifestyle. sorry, I just threw up in my mouth. Okay. okay. What was that? <laughs> yeah, so um, let's talk a little bit about lifestyle businesses and the way that we're thinking. So, yeah. go ahead. So, I mean, the, the phrase lifestyle business, I have a knee jerk reaction to. And it's not because of what it means, it's because of the association that's developed around the phrase lifestyle business. So, lifestyle business these days, most people think of if you can't hack it in the real world of business, then you open a lifestyle business. Which means that, you know, you're location independent, you're making enough money to just live hand to mouth, and you're a slacker who couldn't really commit to anything else. So because of the associations with the phrase, I don't love the phrase. But what I do love is the idea that you can reverse the normal paradigm, which is instead of you, you take a job, 
and then you build whatever is left of your job of your life around that job. You reverse it and you say, okay, um, what am I here to do? What are my gifts? What are my needs? What are my desires? What am I? Who am I connected to? What you know? What is meaningful to me in this world? And then craft the way that you contribute to the world and the way that you earn your living um, around that life that you want to live, around the people, the relationships, the activities that you claim to hold dear. You know, when when you look at the average even entrepreneur, many of whom left some sort of other more traditional job to open something because they wanted, quote, freedom to live this particular life, most entrepreneurs end up building a business that puts them back in that same role that they left. Um, they, they just essentially rebuild the same cage, but they've built it themselves this time and they have nobody to blame except them. Um, you know, and even the successful ones, I know people the world considers outwardly successful, but they've built a business that they have no interest in then being on top of because in fact, they're underneath it. So it's really looking at, at building, whether it's a business, whether it's an organization, a foundation, whatever, some major initiative, building something, it could be a body of work if you're an artist. But looking at the way that you contribute to the world and the way that the world then exchanges value so that you can live comfortably and and really spending a lot of effort crafting um, crafting that that puzzle and making it something that is that really works for you and allows you to honor what you claim to hold dear. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm talking to people about entrepreneurship, just about anything. I say, you know, a gilded cage is still a cage. A golden cage is still a cage that you build around yourself. And so if you're just going to replicate the same uh, paradigm that you're in right now um, for yourself, what's the point of that? Because, I mean, a lot of times on the entrepreneurial journey, you end up in some ways worse off than if you had stayed into a job that you know, had some alignment with what you were going to do. And so, you know, now that we're talking about alignment, um, I think it'd be a great one to jump in there is um, talk, talk to me a little bit about alignment and how important it is to build your life in alignment with with some of the key things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So alignment is a pretty important word to me and it's something I spent a lot of time thinking about. And, and it really came out of um, a knee-jerk reaction against um, the idea of, of unifying life purpose. <laughs> And, uh, and a lot of people don't like the fact that I don't, I'm not a huge believer in the fact that you need to find that one single unifying life purpose before you can stand up and actually contribute in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of mythology, there are a lot of systems and methods that say this is how you identify it. Here's a 20 minute exercise, you know, here's a, a five, you know, 25 question uh, assessment and at the end you will know your life purpose and then you can finally take the actions you need to take to have that life which is really closely aligned with who you are. It just doesn't work that way. You know, you have the occasional four-year-old kid who is drawn to paint and they know from that moment on that they're going to be a painter. You have the occasional 12-year-old who just knows that they're going to code for the rest of their lives or be a neurosurgeon. But 99.9% .9 of us don't. We don't know those things early in life. You know, like we, we may figure out a unifying life purpose over a period of decades. And very often, if in fact we do, we start to piece it together looking back retroactively rather than proactively. Um, but my concern has always been that it becomes more of, you know, it's, it's supposed to be an enabling idea, but it becomes a paralyzing idea for most people because they feel, I don't know mine, I don't know how to get mine, which means that I can't actually take meaningful action every day. So I just have to, you know, fritter away the time doing something to fill the space instead of actually doing my life's work. Where 
you know, to, so to me, it's, it's just not a great exercise, especially if you're earlier in life, because it takes time to figure out what resonates with you. So, so I'm looking at, you know, the question I always ask is, um, what are the questions that we can ask and what are the things that we can look at to help us wake up in the morning and understand where to apply our energy in a way that will allow us to come alive and make a meaningful impact in the world. So, you know, when I focus on that, I start to focus on what I, what I've sort of developed as these degrees of alignment, you know, and I say, okay, you know, aligned action, taking action on a consistent daily basis that is aligned with the essence of who you are, with what makes you feel most yourself, with what allows you to come alive over time will start to, um, will start to organically point you in the direction of jobs or tasks or projects or purposes that are bigger and more overriding that allow you to, you know, maybe identify this one harmonizing thing. But even if it doesn't, you know, the fact that you can wake up and feel like today I have acted in a way, I've invested my energy in a way that's really powerfully aligned with who I am and what I want to create in the world and who I want to serve in the world, that's a good day. And if you can put one good day in front of another and another and another, then you, you, you move through life with a lot of meaning, with a lot of joy, um, with a lot of intention, and you end up creating some pretty astonishing things. So I look at five areas of alignment to really sort of map this out. You know, I look at the people that you surround yourself with, the people that you serve under, that you serve with, and who you serve. I look at the, um, the geographic setting where you are in the world and your immediate physical setting where you actually do your work. I look at the culture uh, within which you operate. I look at the individual tasks and processes, the granular level, what do you actually do every single day to get the work done? And I look at the overarching mission. You know, what is that thing that's pulling you towards it? Uh, which really very often is sort of some sort of connection with your deeper core values. And if you look at each one of those things, you can really map out, okay, how well aligned is the action I'm taking every day with under each one of those five categories, the defining traits that allow me to come alive, you find that every day becomes a better and better day. And you come, you, you know, whether you have that one unifying life purpose or not, you're doing good work and you're feeling really good about how you're existing in the world. And you end up as a byproduct building some pretty extraordinary things. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to call out here real quick before I go on to it, and something else that just occurred to me is, um, what I like about the work that we're doing in the Good Life Project is it's really about mapping that alignment, but also about taking meaningful action every day towards that. And I think sometimes when we look at what's my calling, what's my what's my purpose, and what am I put here, all those big existential questions, you spend a lot of time just sort of probing a question rather than living the life that's going to help reveal that. Yeah, and you and you. I mean, the way how do how do you even come close to revealing any answer to that question? You need data. You need data points. You can't get data points by having conversations in your head. You get the data points by taking action in the world. Mm -hmm. So you know, you just you run a series of experiments. You're like, okay, I I know pieces of my alignment puzzle. I know pieces of the you know I know. I know some things about the nature of the people you know who I love to be around. I know some things about the nature of the culture that allows me to be most myself. And I look back and I look at you know the things that I've done in my past, but there are missing pieces of the puzzle too. Mm -hmm. So you know if I wake up and I run a series of deliberate experiments designed to fill in data points, okay. So what don't I know? You know how can I fill in this map? You know then you end up not only running those those experiments and getting the information, which helps you take 
action which is increasingly closer aligned with who you are and who you know who you need to be in the world but also you're making substantial progress and you're not relying on you know the 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 in, intrinsically um valueless you know like chatter that goes on when you play both sides of a conversation inside of your own head mm-hmm. you know how many there're just so many people that sit there and that come to me and I'm sure come to you and come to I'm sure other people listening to this and they're like, I have this idea, but, you know, I don't want to do this, but then it's going to happen like this. And then, and they're playing out like, you know, like five years of yes and no inside their head. And meanwhile, they've never taken a single action in life to actually get the data to validate or invalidate anything they're thinking about. It. I just want to say, shut up. <laughs> just stop it already. Get out of your damn head. Get into the world. Take action. It doesn't matter whether you fail. It doesn't matter whether you succeed. What matters is that you've acted and you have data to now respond to in the real world rather than just the useless chatter in your head. Yeah. What's funny is once you start taking your journey of change-making, um, you know, in those earlier stages, you, you do try to think out five years. You do try to think out ten years. But the reality is, like, your headlights are only six weeks. They're only eight weeks away. And we live in such a disruptive world right now that, you know, you have the moving pieces of who you are in your new way in the world. And then you have the fact that the world is going to be changing with you. There's just a lot of disruption. And so... You know, one of the things about taking meaningful action on alignment pieces is it doesn't matter really how the world changes because your, those core values, I mean, they're going to change a little bit. Those core dimensions are going to change a bit, but you won't always be trying to forecast out what's going to happen in six, you know, six months. I mean, imagine what happened, you know, 9-11, the, the two, you know, 2008, you know, we can go back to all of these landmark times where there's massive disruption and massive change and all the people that were trying to forecast three years out just had to wake up one morning and say, you know what? I got to start over. Yeah. I mean, I signed you know, a, a lease on a Florida building in New York City the day before 9-11 to open a business. And then we opened the business two months later. But I, I will guarantee you that the, the launch plan and the marketing plan and all the stuff that we had in place before that happened was radically different. Everything had to shift on a dime, you know, and... And, and so you've got, you know, it, it's not a bad thing to sort of be, you know, be looking at the future and having, you know, hopes and aspirations and plans. But it's also really important to respond to what's happening in front of your face right now, you know, both because it'll stop you from a world of hurt and also because it will open you to a world of possibility that you never saw coming and you won't see coming if you're always um, very linearly and blindly future oriented and driven towards a single goal rather than being open along the way to the possibility that something better exists. Yeah. I call that um, keeping the horizon fuzzy in the sense of you know kind of where you're going. You can kind of use it as a benchmark, but leave it kind of fuzzy because as you get closer to it, new options will will be revealed. And it doesn't mean that if you have to take a two-degree change one way or the other that you've done anything wrong because you're a hell of a lot closer. Yeah. And there's there's all this mythology in the personal development world that the best way to get from point A to point B is to create the clearest definition of point B as you can possibly have. And they're right. That is the best way to get to point B. But you're working on an assumption there. And the assumption is that point B is the best that you have to offer, which yep. is rarely ever true. Yep. You know, so when you have you get to your point B, how many times you get to your point B, you're like, oh, well, that doesn't feel the way I thought it would feel. Yep. In fact, it kind of sucks. You know, so, but, but, and along the way, you, you ignored like people, resources, opportunities, possibilities mm-hmm. that would have actually taken you to point Z. Mm-hmm. And if you had opened yourself to that possibility, sure, it would take longer. It would have taken you off the original path. Mm-hmm. But you would have created something that was so much closer 
to your potential and your ability to truly serve the world that you know it's it's worth the uh it's it, it's worth placing yourself in in you know in the path of i don't know of i think i know and i'm going to take action towards something but i'm open to the possibility that i'm wrong and i'm open to the possibility that i don't know mm-hmm. what may come my way yeah it's kind of like we're hermit crabs right so we've got to find a shell that fits us now and kind of live in it for a while mm-hmm. but then when the shell is too big or too awkward or excuse me too small or too awkward you got to find another shell and so having those goals out there in the distance is great because it kind of lets you know where your growth points are. But once you're there, you have this whole body of resources that you normally didn't, didn't plan on having because of serendipity, because yeah. of general you know, synchronicity, all those types of things that happen in, in, in the life of a change maker. And then it's kind of one of those things of constant reassessment of what do I have and what am I trying to do? Yeah. I mean, it's, people are so freaked out about not choosing right. Mm-hmm. Okay, newsflash, you're not going to choose right. You know, it's not about choosing right. It's about choosing and being open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I didn't see it until you started talking that alignment is actually a very cohesive thread throughout the work that you've done with mm-hmm. Career Renegade and Uncertainty and now with the Good Life Project. I hadn't seen it because I've been too close to it probably, but it's like, oh, yeah, because in Career Renegade, you were talking a lot about finding the career or not a career yeah. that, that fits you. So that, that's really cool now that... now that Well, I mean, it's all about, you know, look, you know, one of the greatest, you know, levelers is that we've only got so much time on the planet. We only have so many times in the day. We can't change that, you know. So um, it's all about... It, it's about how you invest your time on the planet. You know, are you going to invest it, you know, in aligned with somebody else's view, worldview of how you should invest your time, which many people do? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to invest it, you know, in a way that is well aligned with the essence of who you are, and with, um, you know, in a manner that allows you to close the gap between um, your ability to contribute to the world in a meaningful way and the way that you exist today. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of things that you can do in the world. You, Jonathan Fields, right? You've got a degree of success. You got, a, you know, a lot of things that you can do. What is it about the Good Life Project? that really wakes you up in the morning and says, you know what, I have to do this. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The, um, the, the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to have an impact, the opportunity to create something from nothing. Uh, I mean, that's one of the most fun things that you could ever do. You know, when I look back and I, and I think about the fact that, you know, a little over a year ago, this whole thing, which is now... We have a web show where we have viewers in more than 135 countries around the world. And that's going to keep growing as we roll out different media opportunities. You know, we're training people. We have people in a training program now who are from, we have a global, you know, community in there. We have people flying in from around the world who are learning how to build community together. Um, the, The possibility of me being able to create, um to be able to learn, to be able to teach, and to bring together, to create a, a, a space, you know, to hold space, to create a place in a community where all of these people um, who are feeling some kind of pain, they don't know exactly what the pain is or where it's coming from, but to take those people and to create a place for them to come together and realize that the pain that they're feeling is that they can't find other people like them mm-hmm. and put them in a room with other people just like them and watch the tears flow, the light bulbs go on, 
the revelations and then the action and the things that they then bring into the world together and collaborate on and support. I mean, it's to just have the opportunity to be a part of that. How could you say no? Yeah, I'm going to push deeper on this one, though, because you could do this in a lot of different ways. I mean, you can open another yoga studio or yoga franchise. You and can, I may. And you may, <laughs> right? Um, you can focus on, you know, book publishing and open up things like that. There are a lot of different instantiations for you to achieve this goal. I'm really interested in why Good Life Project and the way that it has come across as opposed to other things you might do. Yeah, and part of it is serendipity. Um, you know, I it started with a nugget. It started with Ten Commandments that flowed through me. That resonated with a lot of people. I thought, okay, what's lacking right now in the world? Strategy, accountability, and support, and community. So I didn't know of those things. What's the more important one? Where's the real pain coming from? So I, I, I run tests, you know, and that's kind of the way I operate. So last year, I put together a test. We put together a 10-month training program that would provide strategy, accountability, support, and community. I, in my mind, you know, the big pains I thought were strategy, accountability, and support. What I discovered is that those are the far smaller part of the problem. Mm -hmm. The really big pain is community, lack of community, um, and lack of really transparent, connected, and confidential community. So that's informing a lot of what I'm building and how I'm building it right now. Could I build that online? Could I do all sorts of other things? Sure. And I may. But there is nothing like the experience that happens when you get a group of strangers in a room and create an environment that allows them to open up. You know, it can't, it doesn't happen that way online. It doesn't happen on conference calls or virtual trainings or anything like that. Those have value. They're great. And like I said, they're, they will probably eventually be part of, of our portfolio and educational offerings. But there's something about bringing people together in a room. When I think back about the businesses that I've created over the years, I owned one of the largest yoga studios in Manhattan. That was fundamentally about, fundamentally about creating a space where people can come together and clear the pain of not knowing how to access people like them, move their bodies, you know, like talk with each other. You know, when I be, before that, I owned a small private high-end health club. Again, same thing. When I look back at these patterns, it's about bringing people together in a room and allowing magic to happen. It's less about me. It's about creating the space that allows people to connect with each other, not so much with me. Um, I don't need the credit. I don't need the ego. I don't need to be this, the, the star at the head of it. I just want to create the space. And that's one of the things that really jazzes me. So, you know, one of the things that we're exploring doing now is, is, is figuring out how we can create a self-actualizing, self-organizing movement around this where it's not limited by me or, you know, it doesn't have to have me in any way at the center of it. So... You know, it doesn't really answer your question, but I think part of it is just I ran an experiment. I learned information, and I will continue to run experiments and and evolve the mode of expression, um, you know, which then influences the entrepreneurial model, the business model, as I learn more, you know, and, and it's upward and downward. So we talked about alignment. You know, it's downward alignment. How am I serving that community? And then it's upward alignment. Even if I'm creating something that's serving their needs really well, Am I happy doing it? Do I feel good when I wake up in the morning? Right now, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, hell yeah. So I, I can't wait to film my show. I can't wait to find new guests and have conversations. I can't wait to travel around the world. I want to go deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole because it's just fun for me. 
you know, and the fact that people are responding to it, it's building a global audience that then unites people and then feeds the educational side of the business, which people are responding to phenomenally too. Awesome. Can I tell you that it's going to look like this three years from now? I have no idea. Yeah. Where are you the most out of alignment with your message and what are you doing about it? Um, managing my own personal energy. You know, one of the things I have, like every other entrepreneur I know, I, I have entrepreneurial ADD. Um, and so for me, it's basically building the practices. Just hit the off button. Yeah, so restart from here. Where are you the most out of alignment with your message and what are you doing about it? So like most entrepreneurs, I have a nice healthy dose of entrepreneurial ADD. Um, you know, I've never met an entrepreneur that doesn't have a hundred ideas in their head for every idea that they're actually acting upon. And uh, the challenge for me has always been with focus, with um, narrowing and saying no to all of these things that I believe in my heart would just be a blast to do and, and also have great impact on other people in the world. So a lot of my work is saying no. And you know, we've had conversations <laughs> over the last few days um, because you've seen my whiteboard. You know, I have a whiteboard with a lot of international travel right now with different projects. And I have more projects and opportunities and possibilities coming in to me on a daily basis. One of the most extraordinary things that happens when you begin to act in a way that's really powerfully aligned with who you are and, and then what you create and put out into the world has people sense that, they feel it and they respond to it. And that sense of resonance and congruence draws people to what you're creating and to a certain extent to you. And that draws possibility and opportunity to you that didn't exist before which is an amazing, fantastic thing. The conversations I'm having now are incredible. The people who are coming to my orbit, unbelievable. But at the same time, it only expands the basket of things that I have to think about. So, you know, which yeah. was already way bigger than anything I could act upon. So yeah. a lot of my challenge, you know, and where I'm probably most out of alignment is learning how to create structure around no. Yeah. You know, so when you start the journey, a lot of times you're saying no to things that are out of alignment with you, right? No to things that are out of alignment and you continually sort of walk towards that, but you reach a stage that is exactly what we're talking about, where you have to say yes, or excuse me, you have to say no to things that are in alignment just because yeah. you can't do them all. And, uh, you know, too much ice cream is a bad thing. Like, you, you can love it and it can make you come alive and you still can't do it all. And that's when it gets really challenging. So that's... You know, that's one of the reasons I like to ask the question of, like, with all the things you could do, why this? Because there's a challenge that happens, and it sounds like, you know, when celebrities complain about all the good things that happen to them, but there's this huge challenge sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I've got a lot of really cool things that I could do. Yeah. Which one? And, you know, that's the challenge that I want to be leaning into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I and I've, I've never been... I've never been a person who's woken up in the morning and said, hmm, I got nothing to do. I, <laughs> I can't figure out what I'm interested in. Um, but there, there's a real challenge in terms of, you know, you dig five wells simultaneously and all five probably never get done and you never actually have the impact. So if my, my core outbound metric is impact and my, you know, my inbound metric is trust, if I'm not actually finishing anything, 
then I get neither because I don't have the opportunity for people to respond to anything, to have an impact, and then to actually give them something to start to trust me about. Yeah. Somebody should write a book about, you know, finishing stuff. Really? Mm. Nah, I don't know anybody. Um, so how is the Good Life Project making a change and impact in the world? I mean, we've, we talked about within that smaller group and we talked yeah. about, you know, how it benefits you, but in the world at large, what's it doing? So, I mean, on a couple of levels, I, I can't, I, you know, obviously I, I can only answer that question from where I sit, which is a completely filtered, distorted, you know, answer because I'm, I'm not the world. Um, what I would like to believe and what I've seen is that I, I've done, I've created a lot of things. I've created companies, I've written books, I've created, you know, like a massive amount of content and all different formats. I speak around the world. I have never gotten the volume and the depth of feedback and emails and responses to anything I've ever done on the level that I'm getting for um, Good Life Project. A lot of it comes just from the show. So from the conversations and the wisdom in the show alone, and that's not about me, that's about other people. I'm just sitting there asking questions in the show. You know, it's it's an interview show, so it's I'm, I'm not the source of wisdom. Um, and But the feedback that I'm getting from that is like nothing I've ever done before. So. You know, that lets me know that there are other people and people say, this this is making a difference in my life. And that's huge. I mean, to get emails like that and to get messages, to get messages like that on, on a daily basis, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And then we have the people on the educational side of the venture who are going through these training programs. And if each one of them can then go out and affect one other person or 10 or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, and we start to build that into sort of a global community of people that I can work with directly or my team can work with directly. And then they can become, you know, the heads of their own tribes and communities and then empower it sort of like this, you know, exponentially expanding circle of impact. Um, I can't know how many people that's affecting or how it's affecting them beyond the messaging that I get directly. That messaging is pretty extraordinary and... And I, I have immense faith that the people who have been curated and who are, have raised their hand and said, this is right for me, are amazing people who are making a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So these are conversations about making change. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But I am curious, for someone listening to this, what key message do you want them to hear? And what would you suggest they do today to start making change? It's a great question. Um, first, you need to know your life's purpose. <laughs> yeah, no, forget about that. Um, act. I mean, I think the really big message is, you know that conversation that you've been having in your head about whether that thing that you want to do, whether it's valid or not, or whether it's going to work or not? And I guarantee you, every single person listening to this right this second is having that conversation right now, or they've had it in the last 24 hours, maybe a hundred times. Well, you know that thing where you just keep saying, yes, no, I don't know, maybe? Get out of your head and get into the world. Take a single action that will give you a data point to respond to instead of a dopey thought which says, no, this can't be done. Maybe it can, maybe it can't. I can't tell you that, but you can't tell yourself that. What you can do is figure out a way to test it and then whether you choose right, whether you choose wrong, whether it works or whether or not, at least you're responding to data instead of to just self-imposed, very often completely fictional limitations. 
Great. Well, I really want to thank you for having me in your home for the last few days and for taking the time for this interview. Um, where do you want people to go next as far as where they can find you? Yeah, they should go to ProductiveFlourishing.com <laughs> because it's not about me. What you're doing is awesome and this show is incredible. So they'll find me where they need to find me. Let them start with you. Okay. Thanks, Jonathan. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Conversations on Making Change. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey. Again, I'm sitting here with Jonathan Fields. Guys, go out there and take meaningful action on something that matters today. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.